Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. We've been in a series on the blessing. We saw how in Genesis 1, and if you look at verse 27 and remind ourselves that when God created us, when God created man and woman in his own image, the first thing he did was he blessed them. That word barak in the Hebrew means to supernaturally impart something. You have an imparter of blessing and a receiver of blessing. We saw how that there were three inherent um, things transferred through that impartation. Notice what he said. Be fruitful and multiply. Inherent in the word bless, which is mentioned over 600 times in Scripture. Inherent in that word or its derivative, bless or blessing or blessed, is the supernatural impartation from God to somebody else. Inherent in that is affirmation. The word there to bless literally means to bow, to adore. God was really saying to Adam and Eve, I adore you. Affirmation. The Word of God says that in the eyes of God, you right now are holy and righteous and blameless and beloved and affirmed and accepted and approved and redeemed and forgiven and blessed in Christ Jesus. You are adored. It's the inherent in the blessing. Then he says, be fruitful and multiply. Inherent in that blessing is supernatural ability. Ability above and beyond. Above and beyond. Anything that you could do in your own natural strength apart from that blessing. We are in Christ Jesus more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto Jesus and those of us who are in Jesus in our realm of responsibility. The blessing it has an affirmation. It has supernatural ability. And notice what he said, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Over the fish, the birds, every living thing that moves on the earth. They were going to need that authority because as you turn to the left, you'll find that they were about to meet an enemy. And this enemy didn't look like you would think. He didn't try to run over them with a truck. He tried to simply suggest a lie. Understand that the heart of our enemy is his inability to tell the truth. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 44, the devil is a liar and has been from the beginning. When he speaks, he speaks out of his own nature. He's a liar and the father of lies. So I want you to notice this if you don't hear anything else. There's one 
primary assault against the blessing in your life? Only one. Let's look at it here in chapter 3. When the liar, when the enemy speaking through a serpent spoke to Eve and Adam, verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Remember, God is love. He's all about love relationship. But you can't have love without choice. Then the serpent said to the woman, watch this, you will not surely die. God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. You will know good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and desirable to make one wise, at least it appeared that way, she took of it, ate, gave to her husband with her, he ate. The eyes of both of them were opened, and of course we know that they immediately they had the release of the indwelling presence of God, and shame took the place of that unbroken fellowship. So here's what I want you to see today, and I've never pointed this out in my whole ministry. So this is late-breaking news. Are you listening? This is vital that you get this. Right after the blessing, the liar comes to get you to believe something that is not true. The way the enemy works to keep you from experiencing the affirmation of the Lord, the ability of the Lord, the supernatural ability, and the authority of the Lord himself, the way he gets you to not experience that is to lie to you. And get this, the heart of the lie is always about the intentions of God. The lie is, remember what the enemy said, God is lying to you. You will not die. He knows that you'll be like him. You'll have all the rights and privileges as God. You don't need him. You can succeed without him. It's always a lie about the intentions of the Father. Can I ask you something? Have you fallen for the lie of the intentions? Do you believe the lie of the devil? He's always putting his spin on things about God's intentions for you. Some of y'all are looking around. Listen to me today. Listen, this is vital. This is costing me something. To tell you this, you've got to understand. Sometimes you have to get a little stick to the sheep every now and then. Listen! The liar wants you to believe that God's intentions for you are not your highest and best. He wants you to believe, based on your circumstances, that God really doesn't want what's best for you. That he wants you to stay broken. That he wants you to constantly be in a place of turmoil. That he wants you to live a life of lack. 
that he wants your body to be broken all the time, that he wants your relationships to go haywire and cause a legacy of pain. The enemy wants you based on what you see and based on how you feel and based on what is happening to you right now to believe that the intentions of your father are not your best. It's the heart of the lie. He wants you to believe God has blessed you and prospered you, but it's over now. You are going to just go backwards the rest of your life. He wants you to believe that. He wants you to believe that your best days are over, that you don't have a future. And in your fatigue and looking at your circumstances, don't let the devil deceive you into believing that your father's intentions for you are anything less than its highest and best. When you begin to believe that, you have just joined with the voice of the evil one. And you're on your way to buying in deeper to the enemy's lies. Thank you for letting me get in your face just a little bit. I love you. I want to tell you by personal experience, it is so subtle. It'll begin to get on your mind, and if you don't deal with it by the authority of the truth of God's Word, you will actually begin to think that He's withholding something that is highest and best for you and His intentions for you have changed. Can I tell you something? This word is the truth, not what you see or feel. This word. The Father has placed the blessing, His blessing. You say, well, Pastor Adam and Eve lost that blessing. Can I tell you something? It was restored. A man named Abraham, God said, I will bless you and make you great. And I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you. And the Bible is very clear that that blessing was fulfilled and perpetuated, released through the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29 lets it be clearly said that the blessing of Abraham has now come on us in Christ Jesus. The blessing of God. The lie is to steal it based on not believing, not believing the goodness of God. I want to remind you as we look at Joshua chapter 1 in closing today, I want to show you how that connection works out. How does that, how do I keep that connection with the blessing of God? We've studied Joshua 1 many, many times. I get new revelation out of it after all these years. You do remember that Joshua was Moses' assistant. Moses had laid hands on him. God had chosen Joshua 
to be the new leader of Israel. This was after 40 years of wandering around in the desert because of their own belief, their own unbelief. You remember what that unbelief was, don't you? God said, y'all go on into Canaan, and they said, we can't do that. There are too many enemies out there. They're, they're, they're greater than we are. Remember the heart of the lie? God doesn't really want the best for us. He wants to lead us over there, and these giants will take us out. I hear Christians talk like that all the time. Well, God just didn't want that for me. I, I, I don't guess I'll ever be able to see that blessing from the Lord. You better watch yourself now. You better watch yourself. You do remember that Joshua, chosen by God, had some of the Steve Franklin issues. Do you see there in chapter 1, God has to remind him of a few things. Moses, my servant, is dead. Remember the first Sunday we started this? We said one of the ways you learn to connect with the blessing is when God removes the false sense of security from you. Nobody's buffering you anymore. You and God are out there. You and God, and if He doesn't come through, you're sunk. That's one of the best places you can ever be when you realize that. But notice this here was Joshua, his mentor was dead. He was gone. He wasn't coming back. His mentor, he was gone. And here he was with almost three million people to lead and an immovable object to move three million people through the flooded Jordan River. These people have been listening to another leader for 40 years. And now, so you see what, you see the, the, the mess Joshua was in? I've got an impossible task to accomplish. I don't know how to do it. My mentor's gone. Notice what God said to him. <laughs> I love this. Verse 3, every place the sole of your foot will tread upon will tread upon, in other words, your will's involved here, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Then he describes the land, the land of Canaan, the land of promise, the highest and best that God promised Abraham. Now look at verse 5. I like this. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Are you obeying the Lord? Notice what he said, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Do you believe the Lord's going to go with you to the bank? He'll go with you in the courtroom. Do you believe he's going to go before you before that trade show? Do you believe he'll go before you in that classroom? Do you believe he will be with you and will actually go in front of you and make a way for you? 
Do you know beyond any shadow of a doubt that if you will walk with him, no man will ever be able to stop what God has ordained to do through you? Well, this man shafted me. This man lied to me. This man suing me. This man, can I tell you something? Understand that the Lord has promised you what he promised Joshua. I will be with you and I will not forsake you. I will go before you. No man can stop what God has ordained to do through you. Don't forget, he is with you and has actually gone before you. It may not look like it. It may not feel like it. It may be hard to understand, but you get hold of that promise. I will not forsake you nor leave you. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage, for you shall give this people their inheritance of the land. You will be successful in what I've assigned you to do. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law. Let's substitute word of God. Because the only word of God that, Moses, that Joshua had was the five books of the Old Testament called the book of the law that Moses had penned under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Don't turn from it from the right hand or to the left. Now look at verse 8. This word of God, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth you got to take that word and speak it out of your mouth. But you shall meditate in it. The word meditate means to go over and over and over it, to process it, to, to digest it and bring it back up in your inner man. Meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and, good, and be of good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord is with you wherever you go. Why would God say to Joshua, here's the way you succeed. You remember that I'm with you, I'm going before you, nobody's going to be able to stop you. Don't let my word depart from your mouth. Keep that word, the word of God, in your mouth. Meditate in it. Begin to see yourself in it or with it. Be careful to do according to all that's in it. Now, how did that practically spell out? The, the book of the law, the word of God that he had, was the first five books of the Old Testament. Let's turn back to the left just to Deuteronomy chapter 7. I want to show you something. Here's something that Joshua would have been told to meditate on. Chapter 7, book of the law. This is how you meditate. Joshua had a copy of this. Moses had written it and then left it. Verse 6, chapter 7, Deuteronomy. You are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you. Everybody say me to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you or choose you because you were more in number. They're enemies that are more numerous. They got more money. They got more natural power. But God didn't choose you because of how great you were. 
because you were greater in number. But look at verse 8. But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers. That's Abraham. The Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage. Skip down to verse 17. If you should say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? You shall not be afraid of them, nor shall you tremble. You shall remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Israel, all Egypt. The great trials which your eyes saw and the signs and wonders, the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. So the Lord your God shall do to all the people of whom you are afraid. I'm going to wipe them out like I took care of Egypt. Verse 22, and the Lord your God shall drive out those nations before you little by little. You will be unable to destroy them all at once, lest the beast of the field become too numerous for you. <laughs> You're going to have other problems that will take you down if it's all at once, but it's little by little. But the Lord your God will deliver them over to you and will inflict defeat upon them until they are destroyed but he will deliver their kingdoms into your hands. No one shall be able to stand against you until you have destroyed them. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. Joshua was meditating on, that, on passages like that. What are you meditating on? Are you meditating on how bad it's going to get? Are you meditating on the fact that you're going to be ruined or done? Or are you meditating on what the Lord your God has promised you in the Word of God? Are you speaking it to yourself? When the enemy comes in like a flood, do you know that the Spirit of the Lord will rise, raise up a standard against him? When all hell is caving in on you and you're beginning to see the, your demise, physically, financially, whatever, do you rise up and proclaim that the word of the, God, of the Lord is the truth? Do you meditate on what God's intentions towards you are when everything looks and feels bad and like defeat? The blessing is not for wimps. If it was, everybody would be walking in it. You're going to have to set your feet and you've got to put your foot down and say, I won't be moved off this. The promises of God are the intentions of God. And I won't be moved. You've walked through that, haven't you, Joe? You're walking through it, aren't you, Sharon? You're walking through that, aren't you, Miss Kenya? Stand up. Stand up, Joe. When the enemy comes against you like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will rise up a standard against him. Better and better. Better and better. 
We're proud of y'all. We're proud of you. The blessing is not for wimps. But it is true and powerful and greater than any enemy that can come against you. Hallelujah. And if you get in a fight with the evil one, you let your pastor know, because I'm ready for battle. Aren't you? Because I know we've already won. Let's all stand. No, we don't meet on the last Sunday of the month, next Sunday. I want you to know how much we love and pray for you. We bless you. I've been praying this week mightily since last Sunday. I've been praying for breakthroughs for you. I sense and I know that many of you are really, really in need of a tangible expression of the love and the, and the blessing of God. You need a breakthrough. And I want you to know I've been praying for that in your life. I've been asking God to intervene mightily in your circumstances, to do a great and mighty work. And Father, I thank you for the initial reports that I've already received of breakthroughs. Now I thank you that he who has begun a good work will be faithful to complete it. I ask you, O oh God, for the greatest expression of breakthroughs that this congregation, the partners of this ministry have ever seen. I ask you to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that they're asking you for or believing for. I ask you, O oh God, you who have already seen the assignment of the evil one, I ask you, God, to crush the devil under the feet of your children. I pray that every assignment that has been raised up against these, your children, will be broken in the name of Jesus, our Lord. I thank you, O oh God, that when the blood of the Lamb was shed, when that body was resurrected and when our high priest went through the heavens to the throne of God, he took his own blood with him there, God. And we thank you that it is bearing witness today of the victory that is won and the blood of the covenant in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, how we bless you and praise you. I pray for victories in business. I pray for victories in finances. I pray for victories in physical bodies. I pray for victories in relationships. I pray for healing right now, oh God. For anything that is out of order in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that you will touch anything that is out of order, oh God, and bring victory in the name of Jesus. Bring perfect peace in order. I pray for those who are in a place of lack, oh God that you would pour them out a blessing until it overflows. I pray you would surprise them, oh God. Bring it from the north and south and east and west. I pray you would dispatch holy angels with blessing and favor, oh God. Give them all they can handle 
and increase their ability to handle more, oh God. More revelation, more resources. We say to you, oh God, we're grateful to you for those moments and seasons of your correction when you take our eyes off of ourself and you remind us, oh God, that it's all about you. That you hadn't forgotten a thing. So Lord, I just pray right now, I'm led by your spirit right now to pray that you give fresher revelation to all of those who sown into the kingdom of God. God, for those who have mistakenly felt that what they've sown is dead, I pray that you would give us all fresher revelation that seed sown has life in it. And I pray, God, that you would cause that seed that has been sown into the kingdom of God and the life that is in it to bear great root, to bear great shoot, to bear great fruit, that it'll be multiplied mightily, O God, that it'll fill and flood the needs of all of those who've sown that seed. Life is in that seed. Thank you, O God, you hadn't forgotten it. You're watching over it to preserve it and to bring it to pass today. Hallelujah. Renew and revive. Restrengthen. Thank you, O oh God, for the power of the resurrection, the renewal of the Holy Spirit. I pray that mighty, mighty blessing on all of these under the sound of this voice. In Jesus' name. We'll go with God. He's going with you. I look forward to seeing you again. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.